Everett's greatest hits, sports, and more. KRKO Everett. It is a Monday night in downtown Everett. That means it is time for Prep Sports Weekly here on KRKL, Everett's greatest hits, sports and more. My name is Tom Lafferty and Steve Willits. Well, look, he's right over there on the other side of the glass. As always. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm pretty pretty good. Excellent. We've got a good show coming up, don't we? We do. We're going to, It's again, it's football season, so football yep. heavy. We're going to sneak in a little bit of volleyball by way of football, and we'll explain that here shortly. But uh, a lot of great guests lined up, and we've got uh, plenty to talk about. Today's show brought to you by McLean Insurance in Silver Lake, the Buzz Inn Steakhouse, Hat Trick Northwest, the Law Office of Russell and Hill, Mike Dixon, Farmers Insurance, Screen Printing Northwest, and by Hometown Handy Banner. Who do we have on the show on? today yeah we're gonna start off here uh well first we're gonna talk a little bit about the uh week i guess it was a week five already it was week five and the football highlights from friday night we'll recap the games and scores we'll then uh, go back to friday night which is a game that we broadcasted marysville pilchuck defeating ferndale we're gonna hear a post-game interview well it was intended to be the player of the game which it was but we also got a little bonus beforehand we're gonna hear from all five of the starters on the marysville pilchuck offensive line who are doing a phenomenal job this year. Marysville Pilchuck, by the way, if you haven't been following, yeah. blowing everybody out. And it's not even close. And a, a large uh, reason for that is the offensive line. So we're going to hear from Josiah Frank. Uh, let's see. Jay, we got Blake Jones, Diego Lucero, Nate Elwood, and Caleb Potts. And that's going to lead into our player of the game the other night, which is also our Russell and Hill Student Athlete of the Month. Look the, how you put all that together. We tied it all together. The male <laughs> student of the month for the month of September, which is Dylan Carson, the starting running back for Marysville Pilchuck. Dylan, so far this season, through five games, mm-hmm. close to 1,100 yards rushing and 19 touchdowns. And oh, by the way, Guy's not even playing really in the second half. They've been no. so far out ahead. So really, those numbers could be inflated even more. And Dylan's just a great kid all around. So you'll hear that in the interview. So we're going to hear from the five linemen as well as Dylan Carson. We're also going to hear an interview with a husband and wife combo who happen to be coaches and one's the athletic director at the same school. It's the Malloys. Uh, we've got Cheryl Lee Matthews Malloy, who is the athletic director at Mount Lake Terrace High School. She's also the volleyball coach there. And she is married to Archie Molloy, who was the brand-new head football coach at Malik Terrace High School, who just got his first win as a Hawk the other night on Friday night. He, he, As you'll hear in the interview, he has plenty of wins. He's been around for a while, but not at Malik Terrace. So we'll hear from the Molloys. That was a conversation that I had with them earlier today at the school. We'll also hear from Keontae Bankhead, the Linwood High School football coach. Royals just picked up their first win of the season on Friday night. and. A game that I thought was a major upset. They beat Shortcrest 20-18. to And then at the end of the show tonight, we're going to talk to Jordan C., the head football coach over at Cascade High School. Cascade off to a 3-2 and two start. They got a nice win over Oak Harbor last Friday. So that's what's on the show. Today's show brought to you by Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed, Dale Wagner Law Office, GSR Rental in Monroe, by the Ace Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett, and Stanwood, Glass by Lund, the Snohomish County PUD, and Erickson Furniture. Let's talk last week's football game, shall we? Absolutely. Let's do it. Kamiak's 5-0. and Kamiak's 5-0, and and they're like, what, 9-0 and for the 2021 year. Yeah, not not a very close game the other night. We didn't expect it to be 
big game coming up for them on Friday. But as of right now, yes, Kamiak is undefeated. Yeah, Kamiak a 40-6 winner over Jackson. We see Kamiak on Friday night on our game of the week, and they'll be taking on the Glacier Peak Grizzlies. And a game that they'll be hosting over at Frank Goddard Stadium, a game that, like you said, we'll be broadcasting at. Wesley Garrett, by the way, stud kid. I love watching him play. Had a chance to watch him live a couple weeks ago when they played Cascade, and really looking forward to that game on Friday night. Other games from last Friday night, Linwood beat Shorecrest 20-18. to Upset, upset, upset. Big upset. Uh, Linwood had only scored 21 points through their first three games. Combined. What's that? Combined. Combined. 21 yeah. points over their first three games. They've been dealing with COVID issues. Shorecrest is a team that was averaging more than 34 points a game. Linwood had not given up fewer than 40 points in a football game. Shorecrest, we know they have the, the stud quarterback over there. Uh, Christensen was not expecting this uh, this result, but as you'll hear later on when we talk to Coach Bankhead, he finally got a lot of his players back, and things are starting to gel for them. So nice win for the Royals. Quarterback Julius Hodorf hit Andrew Arkide with the go-ahead 25-yard TD pass that gave the Royals the lead for good and their first win. So uh, there you go. First win of the year for them. Linwood 20, Shorecrest 18. It was Edmonds Woodway over Monroe. Upset, don't you think? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, as a matter of fact, I've talked to co- I've talked to people who have seen both teams play. They didn't expect that one to go that way. And Edmonds Woodway, it's John Gradwell. It, he runs the same things all the time. He just pl- plugs different players in there. He's got another scrappy team. He had a, a nice night from his running back. He's got a quarterback who's multi-purpose. Uh, we knew that game was going to be hard fought. I, I thought Monroe would win. I didn't think it would be a blowout by any means. So I guess I'm not as it's not as big of an upset as the Shorecrest Linwood game, but right. no doubt this was a, a game that really both teams needed to have too. If you start to look at the standings, and we will eventually as the season progresses here, as far as the Wesco three uh, A South is concerned, big game right there. As you mentioned, the running back Aaron Barraza ran for 197 yards and four touchdowns for the Warriors. Blake Springer, the quarterback you talked about, 26 of 37, 338 yards, three touchdowns in a losing cause, though. That was for the Monroe Bearcats. Yeah, Springer's a new name to me. I know that they've been going back and forth. Yeah. Alex Alec Rust was the one I was thinking of for the uh, Edmonds Woodway, who okay. can uh, the week before had accounted for four touchdowns. But, yeah, again, two really good teams. Kind of expected that to be a battle, and certainly it was. Lake Stevens beat Snohomish 40-6. to Jaden Lamar, 12 carries, 116 yards, three touchdowns rushing, three receptions, 92 yards, and one touchdown receiving. Grayson Murin, 10 of 11. That's a pretty nice. That's 10 very, of 11, 290, two touchdowns, one interception. We call that efficient. So, so none of Grayson Murin's balls hit the ground. No. 10 of 11, and the one was an in interception. Yeah. Yeah, Grayson Murin, Jaden Lamar, We've said their name before in the show. We're going to say it again this season. As we mentioned, we see Glacier Peak on Friday against Kamiak. Glacier Peak beat Mariner 49-20. to It was Arlington 48, Mount Vernon nothing. No no surprise there. Nope. Um, Oak Harbor and Cascade played the second game down at Everett Memorial. Cascade got the win, 42-27. Julian Thomas, 26 carries, 178 yards, three touchdowns. Quarterback Josh Moritz, 3 of 4, that's efficient, 3 of 4, 60 yards, two touchdowns to Jordan Mulleride and to Zach Lopez. And again, keep in mind, we will be talking to Coach C at the end of the show tonight about this team. And Cascade right now, they're 3-2 and two after putting together a 4-1 and one season back in the spring. So they get the win over Oak Harbor. It was Burlington Edison over Lakewood, 34-31. 
the Cougars maybe run out of time. Yeah, it's a tough loss for them. I mean, they got a big win last week, a really close win against Squalicum, and we had Coach Teeter on the show. That that conference up there, 10 teams playing basically a nine-game nine round robin, and those games are so vital. So for them to drop that game to Burlington Edison, after already losing to Cedro Woolley this year, the uh, the Cougars need to really step it up a notch before the uh, before the season runs out and before the time runs out on them. That's right. Everett beat Shorewood 28-27. Juju Williams, 18 carries, 110 yards, two touchdowns. Everett scored the game-winning touchdown with less than two minutes remaining. The Seagulls are 4-1. and one. Yeah, I'm surprised at how this one went down. I, I would have thought, based on some of the scores we saw from the Seagulls earlier this year, I thought this game was going to be a little more lopsided. Yeah. Bottom line is they did get the victory, and they needed that win because keep in mind, Everett, Shorewood, and Cascade, they're all playing that three-team Polk League is what they're right. calling it, or Polk Division, and I think the uh, the objective there is to go undefeated against the other two teams in order to have a shot at the playoffs. So that game was huge. Yeah, and if you're looking at the standings in the West Coast Athletics, it's not right in that Polk division. It's not. No, they've been counting all the games. But really, I think it's a, a two-game schedule for you if you're yeah. one yep. of those three teams you play around Robin. Yeah. Upset? 34-3, uh, Motley Terrace over Meadowdale? Yeah. I mean, we'll talk to Coach Malloy here in a minute. I, I think two teams that were both really struggling, I, I, I'm – Surprised it was thirty-four to three. I don't know that. I mean, I picked Meadowdale to win the game, as did I think all four of us in the paper. But right. uh, so I guess from that standpoint, it's an upset. I know Meadowdale's really been struggling. Uh, haven't had a chance to talk to Coach Harmon lately, but I know that obviously they got hit by COVID a little bit as well. And uh, two teams that were really struggling going into that night, but Malik Terrace came out on the other side. Zavian Jones rushed for three touchdowns. Cole Waldrop Leathers added two more for the Hawks, and they get the win. 34-3 over and Meadowdale. Keep an eye on Zevian Jones over the next – he's a sophomore, and he doesn't look like a sophomore. Is that right? He, he's a very impressive-looking young man. If he if he puts in the time and he puts in the effort, the sky's the limit for him. I mean, really, the sky's the limit, so well, stay tuned. They'll get a test. They play at Snohomish on Friday night. They do. So we'll see see what happens there. Stanwood blanks Marysville. That surprised me. 49 nothing. Stanwood over marysville Getchell. Four different Spartans found the end zone. Ryder Bumgarner had two. Carson Becht had two. Otto Weedman and Isaiah Hughes won each for the Spartans. Yeah, a little bit of a surprise. I, I'm not surprised. The I'm surprised. Forty nine nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I figured Stanwood was by far the favorite. Yeah, forty nine nothing's a bit of a stretch. I mean, but I, I mean, it wasn't like I would have thought that was a seven or ten point game. I thought that was a few touchdowns to say the least, and and it'd be in seven touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, Blaine subbed in for Cedro Woolley and came down to Archbishop Murphy and got beat 46-22 for the uh, – Or you mean Blaine got beat, right? Archbishop, Archbishop I'm sorry, Murphy. yes. Yeah. Blaine came in and came down here and got beat. There we go. <laughs> By Archbishop Murphy, 46-22. Blaine replacing Cedro Woolley, who had COVID issues and could not play. Christian Asen, 13 carries, 50 yards, three touchdowns. And then Colton Johnson had two touchdown passes for the Wildcats as well. And, again, you can make the argument that, well, they, it was a replacement game and the game doesn't matter. If you're a high school kid, it matters. It matters. They, they got a game in. They so turn, good, good for the, these coaches. It's Friday night. They turn the lights on. It matters. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, hey, it's 2021. You know, we've got indexes. We, we've got ways to get in, oh, indexes. I sound like an old guy there. We've got ways <laughs> and means to get in touch with other coaches in the area. When two teams are in the same situation to where they're both looking for an opponent, you line up, you go play each other, and everybody gets a game in. And happy that that game took place. The Black and Blue Bowl goes to Granite Falls. They blanked Sultan 48 nothing as Keldon Smith ran for 196 yards, three touchdowns. Riley Hoople had three touchdowns as well for the Tigers. They wow. got a big win. Yeah, and I watched that game online last year. 
I yeah. should say last spring, it was a 22-20 game that went into overtime. I, yeah, it did go into overtime and was one on a two-point conversion at the end. Uh, Granite Falls didn't need a two-point conversion this time. They just ran away with it, and good good for them. I know that they're uh, putting together a solid program. We had the coach on earlier this season yep. and uh, Coach Davis, and we know that they had their first 2-0 start in 13 or 14 years, so uh, Tigers off to a good start this season. South Whidbey beat Cedar Park Christian 42 to nothing. It was Linden over Cedar Crest 51-21. Nia Bay just crushed Darrington 72 to 8 and it was Kings 48 Cascade Christian 13. And then we take a look at the Marysville Pilchuck Tomahawks in the game we broadcast here on KRK against Ferndale. Marysville Pilchuck gets the win 49-15. Dylan Carson 225 yards, 18 carries. Five touchdowns, Jordan Velasquez, 86 yards receiving from Jace Luton. How about Marysville Pilchuck's defense? How about their defense? How about their offense, too? I mean, yeah. just all around. I mean, just like I said, I mean, they've put up with the 40 – well, actually, it was 28, I guess, the other night in the first half. Right, right. The week before, against Glacier Peak, they had a 42 nothing lead at halftime. And then two weeks ago, they had a 56 nothing lead at halftime. I mean, <laughs> and not only that, but, I mean, we saw it in the Ferndale game – I think Glacier Peak, or not Glacier Peak, Marysville Pilchuck had a quick score. Ferndale marched down, had a 16-play drive. I think ended up turning it over on downs after taking up about eight minutes. Marysville Pilchuck, the very next play, threw an 84-yard touchdown pass, and their defense was back out on the field again. So, uh, yeah, just one of those teams where they can beat you in so many different ways, and offensively they're tough, defensively they're stout. All around really good team, and they might be playing for a while this season. They might be going well into November, and who knows, maybe – Maybe even into the following month. We'll see. And then after the game, you kind of drew a crowd down there on the sidelines. I did indeed. We were going to talk to uh, to Dylan Carson, the, the running back who had five touchdowns and 225 yards rushing. But before we did that, and Brian Horn, one of the assistant coaches, said, hey, what about some love for the linemen? I said, get them over here. Let's have a quick talk. I wasn't really prepared for it, so I didn't have all their names nicely lined up in front of me. But nonetheless, we passed the microphone around and had a little fun with them. Steve, got a lot of people around you. We do, but you know, we're going to talk about our player of the game here in a moment, but first let's talk to his linemen. Let's give them a little love here. I'm going to go around and have these guys introduce themselves. Give us your name and what position you play. I'm Blake Jones, right guard. I'm Josiah Freight, right tackle. Uh, Nate Elwood, left guard. Caleb Potts, left tackle. Diego Lucero, center. Talk a little bit about this game tonight, guys. What was it like going out there? You got guys like Hatchet out there and some other big guys, and you pretty much dominated from the get-go. I mean, it's tough. They're all great guys, but, you know, we're tougher. It's best line in the state right here. How much pride do you guys take in getting the offensive line some attention? You guys are big fellas, by the way. I'm not the biggest guy in the world, but I'm not used to looking up at everybody. Talk a little bit about what it means for you guys to go out there and dominate teams on a night out, night out, night in basis. Oh, I think it just kind of speaks of what we worked in the summer, in the off season. We just have a huge, talented old line that's been playing for years, and I love that we can just help Dill or whoever's scoring the football just get down. So we're just, you know, having a great year. So I love it. I was going to ask you guys about that. It's Dylan, it's Velasquez. you got so many different weapons. Is it fun for you guys to look up after you make a nice block and watch these guys run away? Oh, it's always fun. You know, we make we bust the run for 80 yards, and I just see him running. I don't really want to run that far, but <laughs> it's great. You know, these guys, they're really explosive, and when we can get those one-play, two-play drives, it just creates a whole uh, another level for this offense. You guys almost don't get to have as much fun because you guys are scoring so quickly. You're in and out of there so fast. Do you sometimes wish that maybe the guys would just grind a little bit so you can get a few more pancakes? Uh, I mean, it's always it's always fun to get more pancakes, but uh, one play drives are fun too. So, give me give me your height. Uh, I don't, <laughs> five eight. 
five eight, and I'm looking at like six four, six five, six five. I mean, do you do you kind of get down there sometimes and look around and go, man, these are some big trees I got around me here. I mean, yeah, but at the end of the day, as long as I do my job, our whole team can get down the field and drive and score. Not a bad old line, Dylan. Oh yeah, I can't be more thankful as they're just so physically dominant. It's just too easy. I've had so many runs where I just go untouched. Like in touch football, I would still have touchdowns. So I I just couldn't be more blessed to have some five great guys in front of me. Okay, we're going to talk to Dylan here for a moment so we can name him the player of the game. Offensive line, congratulations on a big win and a nice season so far. Thank you, thank you so much. Okay, now we've got Dylan. Dylan's in the house. Dylan Carson, our player of the night, I believe, 225 yards. Is that what I heard up there, Tom? Yes, that's correct. 225, five touchdowns tonight, Dylan. Your, your numbers just get more and more impressive all the time. Let's back up here for a second because your old line's trying to pose for a picture here. First of all, we talked about it a little bit, but now that they're over here off to the side, Man, what a crew. Oh, yeah. It, I, I don't think I've seen a more physically dominant O-line in history. It's, it, I, I just couldn't be more grateful. It just lined up. You know, I had a great offensive line in 2019, but they just kept kept getting better and better. And I, I know people will look at me as I'm a good running back, but I would be nowhere near as good as, without these guys. And I couldn't be more blessed, including my halfbacks for them faking and also them going off tonight as well. You're, a, you're such a modest guy. I know a lot of that comes from dad. I've had a chance to talk to him, obviously, on numerous occasions, and mom, for that matter, too. But talk a little bit about some of the other guys you're playing with. You mentioned the, the halfbacks. You mentioned the receivers, the other skilled position players. As much as I'm sure you love to rack up the numbers, it's kind of fun to see those guys go off occasionally. Oh, it's amazing because we just set it up how our offense works. I score, they score. I fake, they'll score. Uh, they fake, I score. It's just amazing, and we have talent everywhere, and just spreading the wealth is the best part. It, knowing that all these guys have the potential and our coaches are truly using it, it, it just makes me happy. Now, we mentioned you have the talent and the potential, and you mentioned that you have to share the load a little, but even with sharing the load, you had, again, 225 yards and five touchdowns tonight. You are the Brian Reed All-State, all All-Hands team player of the game. And, oh, by the way, you now have close to 1,100 yards rushing and 19 touchdowns. And we're only five games in. You're laughing, but that sounds like a video game. Yeah, it's just, like I say, our offensive line, then how our coaches work. We, we prepare on Saturday. Tomorrow at 9 a.m., we're preparing for our next game. And just we execute all days of the week. If we win on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're just going to execute on Friday. And if we just keep that up, we're, we're going to have a good season. I just like where we're going. We have potential. And it, 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 nothing, nothing's the limit. The sky's the limit from here on out. We had a chance to talk to you back in 2019 when we did your games as a sophomore. Obviously, your junior year, COVID shortened, so we didn't get a chance to broadcast. I asked your dad this question a couple of weeks ago, so now I'm going to ask you. Biggest difference between Dylan Carson, the sophomore running back, versus Dylan Carson, the senior running back? I listen to you guys, and I would have to agree with him when he reports. I think it's definitely confidence. You know, just me bulking up, getting 30, 40 pounds heavier, me getting an inch taller than just getting better guys around me. I'm just more confident when I get the ball in my hands. And it's just, you know, I, I have a drive. I, I just want to win. I know how important the, this year is. I'm just trying my best to play in the next level. So it's just those motivations and the people around me that are helping me. Now, we should also mention to you, we're going to surprise you here a little bit. So we already told you that you're the, the Brian Reed player of the game tonight. We also do a little show called Prep Sports Weekly on Monday nights. You know about that. You are going to be the first recipient this year of the Russell and Hill Student Athlete of the Month of September. You had a, close to 1,100 yards rushing and 19 touchdowns, so I think it's well-deserved. Uh, again, congratulations on that. And, again, kind of fun just to see the all-around numbers and to see what this team's able to accomplish Tom was joking about it earlier during the broadcast about how 
Teams that do really well are Thanksgiving teams. They're teams that have to keep preparing for football even around Thanksgiving dinner, meaning they're deep into the playoffs. How far can this team go? Hopefully December. We're planning for it. Of course, we take it week to week, but we know we got our potential. And just the way we execute, the way how every guy plays the role, I think, I think once again, we got something special. And I think December football is possible here at uh, Marysville Pilchuck. Okay, and I got to ask you this too. The maturity level, you're obviously well-spoken. You're a great kid. We've got a chance to know you. We see what you do out on the football field. I know you're a good student as well. If anybody's listening out there, what should colleges know? Why, why should they be recruiting Dylan Carson? I, I think I just have something special to offer, you know. Um, I, I don't have the best talent, but I think I have some of the best hard work out there. And I, I just want them to know that I can make a serious impact from day one. And I got something special to offer, and I would just be extremely humbled if they look out for me. I think colleges need to start listening. So, again, we're going to keep Dylan here for a moment because in a moment we're going to have him pose. He is the Brian Reed Good Hands All-State Player of the Game tonight. He's also the Russell and Hill Student Athlete of the Month. And hopefully the undefeated Marysville Pilchuck Tomahawks can keep this going, and we'll see more success from Dylan Carson. And before I go, I guess I should ask you, we just mentioned 1,100 yards or close to it in five games. Do you, do you think about those numbers a little bit? Do you think about that number with a two in front of it? I, I think about it, yeah. That was some motivation in the weight room when I was getting in those heavy sets. I'm like, man, I should be a 2,000-yard back. But, of course, numbers don't matter. It's just the wins and how we execute. I, I, I'd much rather see that scoreboard than see 200 yards on the play sheet. So, of course, the numbers are going to mean a lot to me and me, my ego, but we all know what truly matters. Dylan Carson, again, congratulations. 49-15 final score, Marysville Pilchuck over Ferndale. Dylan with 225 yards rushing and five touchdowns. Great game. Thank you, Steve. There you go. Thanks to all the uh, offensive linemen and Dylan Carson talking with Steve after the game. Uh, what a bunch of great kids. <laughs> yeah, tough to beat those kids, right? And yeah. on the field and off the field. So really uh, proud of what they've been able to accomplish. And like I said, there uh, there's still a lot of work to be done for them. They think they have much loftier goals than just going 5-0. and Let's talk Mount Lake Terrace. Yeah, coming up next, we're going to talk a little football and volleyball with the uh, the husband and uh, wife combo. Uh, one's an athletic director and a volleyball coach. The other's the football coach. Prep Sports Weekly right here on KRKO. Mike Dixon with Farmers Insurance knows that good coverage counts. Whether you're running through the defense to the end zone, finding a good position for the game-winning three-pointer, or if the neighbors need to refine their fastball. And here comes the pitch. Oh, sorry. Coverage is important. Call Mike Dixon to find out what coverage is best for you. And pretty soon, you'll be Stixon with Dixon. That's Mike Dixon with Farmers Insurance in Old Town Mugletillo. Call 425-375-0860 today. Because coverage counts. If you're looking for a place that prints anything for any team, the place to go is Screen Printing Northwest on Colby Avenue in downtown Everett. They're the local experts for custom screen printing and embroidery. Hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, coats, you name it, they can do it. Screen Printing Northwest has been locally owned since 1996, and they're the official screen printer of this radio station. Screen Printing Northwest, 2526 Colby Avenue, just north of Everett Avenue in downtown Everett. Go Cougs! Snohomish PUD has been energizing life in our communities for over 70 years. That's why your PUD is a proud supporter of broadcasting Western Conference High School athletics in our community. Congratulations to our local student-athletes for excelling in sports and academics. Your PUD offers several ways to help you save energy and lower your bill. The PUD offers instant rebates on energy-saving home improvements and special low prices on efficient home products. Check out snopud.com 
or visit marketplace.snopud.com for ways to save. At Glass by Lund, if there's one thing they've learned over the past 40 years, it's that supporting the local community is very important. That's why they're huge supporters of Wesco High School sports, especially this year. It doesn't matter when the season starts. It doesn't matter the score. Class by Lund supports high school sports 100%. And if you need support with windows, shower doors, or skylights, residential or commercial, remember, since 1967, Glass by Lund has been here to serve in your community. To find out more, visit glassbylund.com. All right, guys, bring it on in. Now, this is football, men, and there are two things I want you to remember. First, you have to hit hard to make varsity. And second, you need those big earth movers up front. And speaking of big earth movers, GSR Rentals in Monroe has a huge selection of earth movers and earth moving accessories. Plus, big equipment to get the job done. And for our big victory celebration, GSR Rentals also has big selections of tables and chairs, everything you need for a party. That's right, go get them, boys. For more information, go to gsrrentals.com. Ace Hardware is a helpful place with prompt, friendly service and the brand names you know and trust, such as Steel, Scott's, Miracle Grow, Toro, DeWalt, Milwaukee, Yeti, Drager, Weber, Big Green Egg, Clark and Kensington Paint, Magnolia Paint by Joanna Gaines, Benjamin Moore Paint, Duracell Automotive Keys, and many, many more. When you visit Ace Hardware, you'll be greeted at the door and given the help you need. So come visit us at Ace Hardware in Lake Stevens, Evergreen Way in Everett, and now Stanwood. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Welcome back to Prep Sports Weekly. We are at Mount Lake Terrace High School getting a two-for-one deal tonight. We've got two different coaches, two different sports. One's also the athletic director, and oh, by the way, they just happen to be married. The Malloys, Cheryl Lee Matthews Malloy. That's taken me a little while to get used to. She's the athletic director, and she's also the volleyball coach. And her husband, Archie Malloy, who just picked up his first Mount Lake Terrace Hawks victory on Friday night, a 34-3 win over Meadowdale. And Cheryl I'm going to start with you. Obviously, there's so much to get to here, but first and foremost, you're not from the area. You took the athletic director job in the summer of 2018. You came up from Colorado. Now, I'm an alum, so I love this place already, so it's easy for me to see why you'd want to you know, come up here, but what was it for you that appealed to, uh, to take this position? So I always want to come out uh, to Washington. I have family that live in Seattle, so I've been visiting the area for the past like 10 years and knew this is where I wanted to settle down. Um, I had just finished my master's in athletic administration and coaching. Um, this a job applied, you know, this, this job um, opened up and I applied for it and here I am. So that's kind of what got me to here. I didn't know a whole lot about my Lake Terrace, um, but I do know that it was very similar to coming from the high school that I worked at. Um, it was an inner city school in Colorado Springs as a PE teacher and head volleyball coach. And so just the clientele, the community was um, just a grab to, to applying for here. So love it. I'm enjoying it. So happy I'm here. And to add to the timeline, you take the AD job in late 2018. The volleyball job came along later. Yeah, the volleyball job, um, I applied for that in April of 2020 during COVID. Um, was offered the position and then chose to step out um, during our COVID season last spring because I have a high-risk family member, so couldn't take that risk of uh, getting them sick. So we had an interim, Coach Jean Kellogg, who came on, did an awesome job, mm -hmm. and so she's now staying on as my varsity assistant. 
So to make sure I have that correctly, because I think the assumption is, well, she's the athletic director. She just hired herself on to become the coach, kind of like a Greg Popovich in San Antonio back in the day. You actually have to apply for the job. I did. So I actually had to get approval. Um, being an athletic director, they had to vet it with the union and with the, um, with uh our superintendent to make sure that it was okay to do both. So once they gave me the go, um, I applied, had to go through the whole um, application process, whole interview process, and then was hired. So yeah. you get hired that way, and then all of a sudden, lo and behold, in June of this past year, the football job opens up as Tony Umayam decides that he's going to step down after his second stint. Archie, I'm guessing I know why you came up and why you're here. At, what, what, what appealed to you about the job? But talk about that a little bit, because, you know, there's a, like I said, there's a lot of layers here, but sometimes maybe going and working at the same school with your spouse isn't necessarily everybody's first choice either. But what was it about this particular job? And, and kind of take us through that process. Well, I tell you, you know, I originally applied for, for this job a couple of years ago and went through the interviewing process. And with Shirley being out here, I had heard numerous stories about the community, Mount Lake Terrace High School, and the things that were going on here. And it just mirrored the school that we both worked at for years. Uh, and it was a great story for me to be able to go back, be a head coach at a school that I attended. So I understand uh, the buy-in from that perspective. And when I went through the interviewing process, initially just fell in love with the school the community uh, the leadership here and things didn't work out and I went on about my uh, approach and business of being an educator and a coach in Colorado Springs and when the job opened back up um, you know I applied for it again and you know fortunately I was hired this time and um, having a uh, a little bit of familiarity with the community uh, based on coming out and visiting Shara Lee, meeting and getting to know some people in the area. And again, it's a school that mirrors the school that we came from. So I believe there are doppelgangers that walk <laughs> around in each state uh, because I see faces of kids here and they're the same faces of kids uh, from Colorado Springs and throughout the United States probably. You talk about the school you came from. So what is the background in terms of coaching? How many years and uh, what kind of a school were you coaching? Absolutely. Uh, this is my first year here at Mount Lake Terrace, uh, but 26th year overall uh, as a coach and year 19 as a head coach. So experience, been in this profession for quite a long time, uh, played at Mitchell High School back in the day and went on and played at the University of Tulsa uh, for five years. And then uh, after graduating there, uh, I've been teaching, been an educator for 29 years and been a coach, uh, like I said, for 26. So it's a labor of love. I don't like what I do. I love what I do. And I tell my players, coaches, and everyone around that they should see that every day. Now, Shirley, I guess I should clarify something, too. So the, you, you're recently married, correct? Obviously, yes. people are hearing, well, he's working in Colorado Springs. So it, timing was good on this, too. How, how long have you been married now? So we just got married July 10th of this summer. But we've had we did the long-distance relationship the past three years when I got this job. So I'd go back every eight to ten weeks to visit him. He'd come out here. So we just made it work. It wasn't easy, but when you love someone, you make it work. 100%. So, but we met back in 2010 at Mitchell High School, which is where both of us were. So mm. we both uh, taught PE together, um, and then he was the head track and head um, football coach, and I was head volleyball coach and assistant track. So we just became friends. We were colleagues, and then four years later started dating, and then 
got engaged and here we are. So we should also we should also point this out to people because I think there's that assumption that, well, how convenient she hired her husband to be the football coach. <laughs> Doesn't quite work that way, does it? So talk a little bit about that. You didn't just call up and go, I'm getting married in July and oh, by the way, my husband's part of the package deal, right? Right, yeah. So when we found out that the job was opening, um, Greg and I, our principal, Greg Schellenberg, I sat down and I completely recused myself. So um, being the AD, we decided it was best that I just remove myself from the moment he applied. So I couldn't even and go in and look at the application process. I didn't know who who applied. I didn't know who's on the interview committee. So he had to be vetted just like every other person that comes in. And I had nothing to do with it. I had no say in it. Um, I can't evaluate him even now. It's just kind of like, you know, the AD management stuff with schedules mm -hmm. and things like that. But when it comes to evaluations, um, any type of like complaints or great things or whatever, it can't go through me. They go to Greg Schellenberg. So I'm just removed from that, that kind of piece of the pie, I guess. So, yeah. Sure. So, two-part question for you, Archie. Number one, what is it like working with your wife as the athletic director at the school? Because I know people who love each other dearly who wouldn't want to work with their spouses, and the two of you make it work. But also, number two, is there, is there work talk at home in the evenings? Are you talking about football? Are you talking about volleyball? Or do you kind of try to veer off and, and talk about other things? Well, you know what? It's, it's a joy to come to work uh, with Shirley, she's a professional. She loves what she does. Uh, we both are educators at heart, uh, so conversations do center around our day, you know, um, in the realm of academics and in the realm of sports. Uh, I enjoy going out supporting her and her team and watching them play, and she comes and watches us. And you know what? We have conversations about kids and how kids are getting better, um, how we see progress in kids. Uh, the character development that we do is huge. Uh, that's a big part of my program, as well as hers, where we want people that leave our program to leave better people and be prepared uh, through sports and athletics to be uh, members of communities where they flourish. So, yeah, we have those conversations. Uh, we do have other interests. I'm a bad TV junkie, so court TV and uh, reality shows are kind of my escape. And, and she just kind of shakes her head and <laughs> finds other things to do when I, when I start binging on that stuff. So well, Now he's got me curious. Well, so what are you watching in the evenings? What am I watching? I'm watching, like, Manifest. I'm watching uh, Ted Lasso. Oh, we actually watched Ted Lasso together. Um, Money High. Of course, a sports show together. So, yeah, so, yeah, so we do that. But I love to read, so I spend time on my own reading when he's doing that. I love going to movies by myself because I don't get interrupted by anybody. So I will do that when he does his thing. So, yeah, we just find a way to work together but have our own individual time. Nice, happy mediums there. Well, tell us a little bit about your teams now. Let's, um, Archie, I'll start with you. 34-3 victory over Meadowdale the other day. I know, obviously, like many schools around here, you guys got hit by COVID a little bit. You also just picked up your first win. How in important was it for you and the uh, the team to, to get that victory on Friday night? You know, it, it felt great. Uh, there's always a process uh, as a coach. Uh, you want to see growth in your team. And when I was placed in front of these young men and our young lady that plays for us on July 26th, I started that process. And to see it come into fruition, uh, the kids growing both as individuals and as student athletes has been phenomenal. I always tell them, you know, they're not defined solely by what happens on that scoreboard. And as we look at film today, I'll be able to show them differences in their play from week one uh, through Friday night and how they've grown, 
uh, how they've taken accountability for what it is that they've been tasked with doing, how they've gone above and beyond the normal division of labor that we lay on them as coaches, uh, how they find their niche in helping this team, finding their identity on this team so that we find our identity. And to kind of see that all coming together as a coach, it, it, it's just a very proud uh, founding moment. And as we talk about where we want this program to go in the future, we're laying a solid foundation for that now. Very nice. A few names maybe you can throw our way. Who would we be watching if we, for instance, went out to Snohomish on Friday night to watch you play the, the Panthers this coming week? Absolutely. Um, I'm always going to make first and foremost mention of my coaches. They do a phenomenal job. Uh, both sides of the ball. I have six coaches. And the neat thing about my coaching staff is we were kind of put together and we've meshed and things have just worked out great. Uh, Matt Turwillinger is my defensive coordinator, does a great job, uh, had a phenomenal call in the middle of that game on Friday night where he calls a blitz and it kind of stems the momentum. Uh, Kevin Wilson does a great job coaching my defensive line and helping out with the O-line. Dylan Alki does a phenomenal job getting my big boys ready up front. And that's who I want to mention is our offensive line. So without going into names, because, you know, the quarterbacks, the running backs, the receivers, they get all the accolades. But it's those big boys up front, and I tell them, they are the engine to our vehicle. You know, we've got a great car, uh, but it does no good if that engine's not running. So props to that offensive line and defensive line up front and getting things done. Uh, then we have Coach Nate Willie, who helps out with linebackers and the running backs for me, and then Coach Tyler Schroner who uh, does a phenomenal job helping out with receivers, and he's my head coach at our lower level. We call it a C-Squad. It's a combination of our ninth and 10th graders, and those kids have come a long way as well. So everybody's worked hard top to bottom um, in the program. Everybody's found their niche. They've put their hand in the pile, so to speak, and you know it's just been great to see everyone come together for the common good, understand that we're building a program, understanding the role that they have and the importance of that role. So it's just been a great time. Uh, shout out to the parents and family members and the community as well for coming out, supporting us, and just words of encouragement uh, from the weekly email blast that I send out to the parents. Uh, they understand that we're creating something new here, and everybody's excited about it. Outstanding. Shirley, what about the volleyball team? Give me a few names. Oh, that's hard because, like, all the girls are just putting in their time. They're putting in their work and dedication. Um, I, I don't really want to call anyone really out. You know what I'm how, saying? How about some coaches then? Coaches. Yes, I have a fantastic <laughs> coaching staff. So Coach uh, Jean Kellogg, who was the interim head coach for me um, during COVID, I pulled her in as the varsity assistant. I thought it would be a great transition. Um, she was able to implement kind of my philosophy and what I wanted in the program uh, during COVID. Um, so it's been great to bring her on, her knowledge. She's been, you know, a coach for years. And so that's great to have another person on, on the bench to help me with that. Coach Sarah Hall from Linwood is our JV coach. And then Coach Sarah VW, um, she's our ASL um, signer person in the district, I guess, who is my C-Squad coach. So it has been great. We're all learning together. We're all supporting each other. It's been a, it's been a nice uh, a group of uh, women that, you know, not only are we friends, but we're also our, you know, great volleyball coaches together. But I will say the team, we're coming along. Um, you know, those first few games, we were playing some 4A schools, had some great competition. We were missing some starters. We are missing some people. Um, 
you know, for injuries and things like that, sickness, whatever. And so I think now we, the last couple of weeks, we've gotten into this groove, but every single girl comes to practice, works hard, is learning, is doing better. We're all kind of, the last couple games, just finding, as Coach Malloy said, our niche. They're finding what they need to do to be successful. And hopefully we can continue that as we play Monroe this week and Marysville Pilchuck on Thursday and go from there. So it's been great. Well, two things. Number one, I should point out a, th a three set to zero victory over Shorecrest on Thursday. We, we pointed out Archie's win on Friday. So we want to, and number two, love the fact that you still call him Coach Malloy. Oh, <laughs> it is. Like we call him. Well, I've always called him Malloy. So even when we when we met each other, it was you know Burr, my my former name. So it's Coach Burr, Coach Malloy. So that's how we met. That's how we call each other. Like we never call each other by first names, even at home. So like so Malloy. now when your players call you Coach Malloy, do you start to look around for Archie? But that's why so that's why I said we're just gonna go Coach Matthews because I didn't want them confused. Ah. And he is the Coach Malloy. Like nobody can be Coach Malloy, so I can't take that name. So that's why I go by Coach Matthews in practice. Well, and my final question I was gonna ask you about the upcoming week. You just teased it a little bit. So we've got at Monroe for the volleyball team on Tuesday, at home against Marysville Pilchuck on Thursday. And by the way, the bleachers, since you're the also the athletic director and the new scoreboard, look outstanding in the gym. So a lot of nice improvements do you, there. Do you see the wall pads? The new wall pads. The wall pads. Came <laughs> right before COVID, yeah. We're making some changes. It's been awesome. But the community has been the ones that have sponsored all of that. So it's been awesome with the, with the Edmond School District fund that we had, a grant that they gave. So thank you. Outstanding improvement there. And then finally, Coach, maybe just Coach Malloy, the other coach, football coach, <laughs> uh, give us a few uh, thoughts on Snohomish coming up on Friday. Uh, you know what? Proud program. Great tradition there. Uh, as we uh, project our arrow going forward, uh, you know, we, we will show up and, and we'll be prepared uh, to put out a, a product that will mirror this community and this school. And also a quick thank you to you mm -hmm. and what you guys do uh, to, to give that exposure to high, high school sports, student athletes, um, it, it, it's phenomenal. So thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you, Coach. Thank you, Coaches. Shirley, so Archie, uh, looks like my, my alma mater's in good hands. Go Hawks and uh, best wishes to both of you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Go Hawks. And coming up, we'll talk with Coach Bankhead of Linwood right here on Prep Sports Weekly on KRKO. Locally owned, veteran owned. The hometown handyman is proud to support local sports. Student athletes are an inspiration to us all, playing for their community and their teammates, showing good sportsmanship and working hard in the classroom and in practice. The hometown handyman believes in hard work and integrity, supporting community, seniors, veterans, and first responders. If you've got items on your to-do list that need to be crossed off, go to hometownhandymanpnw.com and support local. Hometownhandymanpnw.com. As a business owner, you know a different side of restaurants than most people. You know the long nights, the stressful days, the grease fires in the kitchen, and still you keep the orders coming and the service friendly. But sometimes you need a little help. The food service equipment professionals at Hattrick Northwest are dedicated to serving Snohomish County restaurants by giving them the proper guidance and sincere answers they need when it comes to food service equipment. We know food service because we've done food service. Hattrick Northwest. When you call us, you get us. Find us online at hattrick-northwest.com. Justice is easy if you know what to do. Call 800-LAW-0842. The Law Offices of Russell and Hill are proud sponsors of the KRKO Prep Sports Student Athlete of the Month. These student athletes have demonstrated excellence on the field of play and in the classroom. Russell and Hill believes in being part of your community and salutes those who give the extra effort. Russell and Hill will fight for you. Call 800 Law 0842. 
Tired of doing battle in the kitchen every night? Time to surrender and take the family to the Buzz Inn Steakhouse. The Buzz Inn is open for indoor dining with mouth-watering hand-cut Angus steaks, chicken, seafood, burgers, sandwiches, and all-day breakfast. Relax while the Buzz Inn takes on the hazardous cleanup duty. And with nine locations, there's a Buzz Inn near you. Check out the menu ahead of time at buzzinsteakhouse.com. Dine in or take out the Buzz Inn Steakhouse, where you always get a great deal on a great meal. Looking for new furniture? There's always a great selection at Ericsson's. New styles, new colors, new looks, and always affordable prices. Ericsson Furniture has just what you're looking for. In stock and on sale. Name brand furniture and mattresses, design services, and five-star delivery. Let Ericsson Furniture help you get the look you want for less, a lot less. Ericsson Furniture, in Everett at 2015 Broadway and online at ericssonfurniture.com. And Prep Sports Weekly continues on this Monday night. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willits. And earlier today, Steve had a chance to catch up with the head coach of the Linwood Royals on the football side, Keontae Bankhead. I hope my next guest doesn't mind me saying this, but in what might have been the shocker of Friday night, the Linwood Royals getting a 20-18 to victory over Shorecrest. And joining us right now, the head coach, Keontae Bankhead. Coach, your team had given up 40-plus points in your first three games. You had only scored 21 points total. A Shorecrest team that was averaging over 34 points a game. What the heck happened on Friday night? You guys woke up. I think we had a couple couple big plays, and that's what we've been preaching to our, our kids, our athletes, um, you know, we got to be one of those teams that we can make a big play at any given time. And uh, we had Jordan Whittle right before the half. He ran back a kickoff, and initially they threw a flag for clipping, and then they waved it off. But I gave the ref a hard time, man. <laughs> and uh, uh, we was fortunate to be able to get that uh, get that touchdown. So that that springed us ahead. Um, and then after the half, we had a, a big play by Miguel Hurtado. And if you watch the film, man, he caught that pass from Julius uh, Hurdorf and uh, by the fingertips, and that's that's what gave us the lead, 20 to 18. But it was it was a it was a fun game man i i enjoyed the kids watching it we definitely needed that victory um to to spring us ahead from those other two the three losses that we had previous weeks i got a chance to watch your team quite a bit in the spring and i kept talking to people about how don't sleep on linwood this is a young team they're up and coming i feel like i'm validated a little bit now with that victory on friday night was it just a matter of getting these guys some experience and getting a little confidence yeah well we took a hit with COVID. we lost 29 guys um and so when their first we uh, played Mariner, we was down 29 guys. I think I may have suited up 23 kids, you know. And then that was the first game, so we started cramping. And man, it it, it was tough. It was a tough uh, week. And then uh, of course we we um, opted out the next week to play uh, Snohomish because we were still down. And then we got our guys back, uh, a lot of our guys back from COVID, and. Um, we played Monroe, which tough team, man. They came out there; they're physical. Um, they just they just beat us down. Uh, and then we went and played Evans Woodway, another good program. They've been around for decades. Coach Gradwell over there got them guys going. They're just disciplined team. Um, but yeah, we're young, man, and, and just keeping guys healthy. We we're, we're we're losing guys every week, so we're just trying to keep guys healthy. Um, but I think the next couple of weeks they'll see a different team with, when we get all our guys back. Um, but yeah, we're young, but we're just coaching these guys up fundamentally and just telling them to be mentally. strong. 
strong. Uh, football's a grind, and I and I tell them you can't cheat the grind. So we got to work and keep coming to practice with the same energy, um, and then show up Friday nights. You mentioned having so many players being down uh, because of COVID. 2021, you've been doing this for a while now. Yeah. How much different has it been in, I guess I was going to say 2020, but really it was the spring of 2021, these last two seasons now, as a coach, as an administrator, trying to keep guys even on the field right now. Right. Talk a little bit about some of those challenges. Um, you know, first and foremost, it's different. You know, showing up to the field, not being able to use the locker rooms, at school, not kids, not being able to use the locker rooms. Um, just the, the whole mental and, and and how you prep for a game and, you know, at halftime having to, you know, be on the field still, not being able to go inside and, and chalk talk. Um, it's just been different for the kids. And then uh, it's just exhausting for some of them having to, having to go all day in class and then wearing a mask and, you know, all these different rules that we got to apply to, uh, you know, to, to the sports. Um, but it's just been it's just been a difficult time for some of them. Um, and then, like, I, I had one kid uh, who had to be quarantined twice. So once he, he had to be quarantined for um, at practice, so he couldn't come to practice. And then in, in school, if you get quarantined, you can't come to practice, obviously. So it was literally 28 days for this kid, and sometimes that just meant just drains them. Um, um, but we're just trying to keep the kids positive and keep a positive uh, mindset and, and just have an optimistic um, mindset to, to just keep get through these uh, next couple weeks. I've got to think that under those circumstances, your assistant coaches are more important than ever. Yes, for sure, man. They've been, they've been helping me a lot lately, um, and I'm, I'm appreciative of those guys for sure, yes. Let's go ahead and throw – I know we've talked about them before, but let's yeah. throw their names out real quick if you could. All the uh, my assistants. Uh, we got Demario Carter. We got Katzenberger, who played for me back in 2013. I want to say so. He's out here. It was uh, fresh out of college, so he's a good help for us, bringing that new uh, terminology and things to the uh, to the game. And Coach Gaines, um, Aaron Gaines, been with me a long time. Then we have Reggie Corns, who actually was a coach here um, in a, a few years back. Um, and then we have uh, Lee Jones and Jamal Weems and DeRyan. Uh, so, yeah, so those guys have been helping me. I hope I didn't miss nobody, man. Through thick and thin, then I think we got them all there, right? Yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, Jamal, Jamal's our OC, and uh, Lee um, is our defensive coordinator this season, the past two seasons, actually. You mentioned Julius. You mentioned Jordan a minute ago, some yeah. of your other guys there. Defensively, you held Shortcrest to 18 points. Who are some of the guys that have been really stepping up on the other side of the ball? Um, Johnny Lucille, he's one of our seniors. He's He's been a, a good addition um, to this team, a big leader, very vocal kid. Um, he's going to do whatever you ask him to do. He'll run through a brick wall if you ask him. Um, Johnny Lucille, uh, Miguel Hurtado playing safety back there um, has been a great help for us on defense. And then last week having uh, Gavin Kincaid back, um, and he was out actually for a few weeks too. So getting him back was like a spark, man. I I didn't I haven't seen the kids look like that since since he, he since he left or was you know was out. But he was a good good addition for that last Friday game. And I think I think we needed that win, man. And I, I seen a little bit of mojo back in these guys, a little more pep in their step. Even in school, they're walking around different, man. <laughs> um, so 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 we're gonna see how this week goes for sure. But Everett's a tough team. I was gonna say one one team that has a little mojo already and yeah. pep in their step is. Everett. They're 4-1 and one this year. Not the same Everett team that we've maybe seen in years past. They're certainly putting up some numbers this year. What kind of a game are you expecting at 5 o'clock on Friday? Uh, definitely a physical one. Uh, I know they're going to try to run the ball. they got a couple good running backs. Um, 
I, I'm not sure of his name, but number six, pretty good runner. Um, they, they try to get him in space, a lot of fly sweep, jet sweeps, um, and they just pound the rock. And they got some linemen up front that are pretty physical just from seeing on film in the past couple weeks that they played. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting a good game. Um, definitely gonna, it's not going to be a walk in the park for us. So we got to bring our A game and just uh, try to get off the field on third downs and, uh, and uh, you know, just play physical and smart. Can't turn the ball over. Linwood versus Everett, 5 o'clock Friday night at Edmond Stadium. Keontae Bankhead, best of luck. Thank you. Appreciate it. There you go. A happy coach. Happy coach indeed. And I think another coach who might be paying attention to Everett, he's got to play him later on this season. But first, he's got to add two more games before that. Jordan C. on the phone with us right now, the head coach for the Cascade Bruins. The 3-2 and two Bruins, who just picked up a 42-27 to 27 victory over Oak Harbor. And, Coach, we just heard Keontae Bankhead mention that after his victory on Friday night, his players have a little more mojo around the, uh, the school and a little more pep in their step. Is that how the Bruins are feeling this week? Yeah, we feel pretty good, and thanks for having me, guys. Uh, big win on Friday, homecoming against Oak Harbor. It's just super exciting for our kids. Um, so you could tell they came to school pretty happy today. But at the same time as a coach, you got to kind of put that behind you and get these guys refocused because we have another really tough game on Friday night. So um, as a coach, you know, we always say that game's already behind me. I got to instill that in my guys because we got to get ready to play in four days. Well, and then you got the radio so guy. Excited. You got the radio guy here who doesn't want it to be put behind you too quickly here because we do want to ask about it. What was homecoming, <laughs> yeah. what was homecoming like in 2021? You're the first person that's mentioned a homecoming game. Uh, crazy world we're living in. We didn't have a 2020 season. Did it? Did it feel like normal? And did it feel like two years of you know built up for the uh, for a homecoming game? Yeah, you know, there still was a lot of cool things. You know, there's a lot of activities that happen at the school. Obviously, there's, you know, no assemblies or anything like that. But there really kind of was a sense there was homecoming. You could tell the seniors really uh, were excited for this opportunity, their last one. And we had a great crowd, um, awesome fireworks show after the game. It was amazing. Whoever did that, that was incredible. Um, yeah, so there was a lot of juice going into that game. The guys really wanted to win it. We knew the game would go down to the wire, and sure enough, it did. And so, honestly, it kind of felt like every other homecoming, to be honest. Um, again, feel bad for the kids. They're not going to get to do all the activities they normally would have been able to do. But um, great football game and, and tons of excitement on Friday night. Tom, I should probably point something out here. I'm going to lift the curtain up for a moment. I okay. I have access to some of the Everett Aquasox social media accounts, right. obviously from our work there. Somebody, I didn't read the whole thing, but it kept popping up <laughs> on my phone on Friday night. Somebody wanted to know why we were letting fireworks off at the Aquasox game Friday night when there was no game <laughs> and why they weren't invited. I, I didn't have an answer to it. I never looked at it, but I think Coach just answered that. So uh, <laughs> apparently everybody thought we were the ones letting the fireworks off. So, Coach, I'm glad you guys can uh, – Gave me an answer. Maybe I can go back to that person now. But enough about the fireworks. Uh, how about the fireworks on the field? 42 points from you guys against a very good Oak Harbor team. Yeah, they're solid. Um, their coach is doing a good job kind of getting them rebuilt. And, um, you know, we thought we had a pretty good game plan going into the game. And offensively, you know, we're the wing tee, and we're kind of small and fast. But I, I kind of like that. It's kind of how I was. And so we just got to get off the ball and execute. We have some explosive running backs. And, you know, it was just get one first down after another. And we were just rolling all game. You know, we didn't punt once. We, we did throw an interception. We had a couple penalties and we were forced to kind of throw and we threw an interception. But besides that, you know, we scored on every single possession. And it was awesome. And so in nights like that, you feel great when you're calling the plays. Everything seems to work. So really proud of the guys executing, believing in the game plan and moving the chains. Well, and I hate to bring this up to you, but I, I actually attended the game the week before so I saw the Kamiak game, a rough yeah. night a rough night for you guys. But I know 
uh, as a coach, it gives you a chance to uh, have a coaching opportunity there. What were some of the takeaways from that game, and what did you guys improve on from one week to the next? Yeah, Kamiak, I mean, they're, they're legit, in my opinion. They're a top 16 for a team. You know, I don't know what seed they're going to get because they have Lake and Glacier Peak um, going into the district tournament. But they're, they're, in my opinion, a top 16 team. And so, yeah, you know, we had to, we had to maybe throw the ball a little bit more. Um, you know, we got to see what our guys were kind of really made of. I was super proud of our defense against Kamiak. And so we said, hey, we got to clean up some of the mental things. But I was like, man, guys, if, if we put this together offensively and defensively, um, don't make those mental errors and keep attacking and being super aggressive. I mean, I literally like what we got going on, and we can win some games coming up. And so, honestly, I think we came out of that Kamiak game. We we took a beating, obviously. There was some you know things we didn't execute very well, but I think it made us a better team, made me a better coach. It set us up for O'Carver and hopefully this next five games we have. Oh, definitely. Well, we had you on the radio back in January, and at that point we weren't sure there was going to be a spring season. And I know one of the yeah. things – I went back and listened to that interview earlier today, and you made it a point to really uh, name some of your seniors off because you knew they may not get a chance. So we fortunately were able to talk about them a little bit. Since that interview, you guys have gone 7-3 and three over the last 10 games – and obviously, three and two this season with a whole—I shouldn't say a whole new crop, but a new group of seniors now. So, who are some of the main players where uh, we should be keeping an eye on right now? Yeah, for seniors, Josh Maxwell—he's a starting guard. Um, he played defensive end. He was our defensive player of the year last year. Now he's playing some linebacker. He's got great speed, great strength. Um, Ronan McKay—he's an inside linebacker and tight end. Just one of the smartest guys I've ever coached. He does all the dirty work. Um, and, you know, we do have a guy that's, you know, hopefully we're going to get back soon with an injury, but hopefully he's back soon. That's Xander Larson, great running back, free safety, great tackler. Um, and Ian Humphreys as well, just kind of a just a rock-solid offensive tackle and defensive tackle. Um, just a phenomenal group of guys to coach, all smart players. And obviously we have some talented younger players as well. Uh, but, yeah, just a great senior class tremendous leadership from our captains and like I said if you could get a group of guys like this with the character that they have every single season you'd be a happy coach and I definitely have that this year let's talk about your assistant coaches they're they're out there helping you every day aren't they <clears throat> yes sir um yeah Joseph Rue he, he teaches at Jackson he's doing a great job um with the defense this year uh JQ Zinga you guys know him um coach he's been at Cascade since 1991 my old head coach he coaches the special teams um Julian Cernan with the D-line Damon Morrison I'm with the linebackers, Nam Kutong, um, coaching the defensive backs. and Yeah, they're doing a phenomenal job. And then Phil Brandstetter and Dustin Lane with, as my freshman coaches. I just have an awesome staff. we got great chemistry. We're all bought in. Looking, it's just about helping kids and, and having fun playing football. So I'm super blessed with the staff that I have. So talk a little bit about this game on Friday. Is, is it one of those games where we can expect it to be over in an hour and a half? Are you guys uh, wing T versus wing T? <laughs> it's a cascade versus Stanwood? Yeah. You know, this is a throwback. I haven't been to Stanwood since I was at, played at Cascade my junior season, and that was one of the best teams they had in school history. That 2004 team, they had that one Wesco. And so here we go. We're coming back up there. I love the stadium. Um, I'm sure it's going to be a hostile environment. Both teams are on the wing tee. Like I said, it's back when I played. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, maybe a low-scoring game. They're super physical. They got three really good running backs. Um, they're two and three, but – They've had a brutal schedule. They lost to Kamiak in Marysville Pilchuck, who I think is going to win the state championship, by the way, in 3A. And uh, they lost to Arlington. Are, wait, are, you, are, you, so, are you calling that right now? I think Marysville – I think they are. I think they're the best team in 3A. So I think they're going to win it all. So I think they're that good. Um, they're doing a great job. they got a ton of talent. So, yeah, I mean, Stanwood played those guys. Um, 
And so, yeah, this is a good football team. Don't look at their record. They're going to be ready to go. They're jacked. It's a home game. They just came off a win. So I, I've getting our guys, we got to be ready to go to compete against these guys. So easier for a wing T team to prepare for another wing T team, knowing that that's what your defense looks at in practice every day? Yeah, I, well, I think yes and no. I think as a coach, you, you kind of have an idea what you want to do to kind of defend yourself maybe a little bit. But um, at the same time, your kids, as much as you see it at practice, your kids aren't uh, playing against it every week either. And so I think it, in some aspects they're used to it because we know what we do offensively, so it definitely helps them. But obviously facing a, a high level, you know, a good varsity football team going full speed, um, it, it's going to be different. Um, so they really got to execute the game plan. I'd like to say yeah, we know we're going to feel 100% ready to go, but um, they got to get ready for us and we have to get ready for them. So don't mean to look ahead because obviously you want to take one game at a yep. time, but you kind of have to look ahead, right? You've got Shortwood and Everett to close out the season. And for those that don't know, the three of you, Cascade, Everett, and Shorewood, mm. all decided to opt into playing in this, what I guess they're calling it the Polk division, where you're not competing against yeah. the other schools and you're, you're playing your own schedules, kind of a independent schedule, other than the fact that you have to play a round robin with each other. You go undefeated against those teams and you have a chance to play in to get into the playoffs does that change the way that you prepare for Stanwood? And maybe at some point in the third or fourth quarter of that game, are you starting to look ahead a little bit? Well, I think actually the, the rule is this year, um, you have to win all of your, every single game during the season. So you don't just have to beat them. We, we would have had to go eight now. Oh, I got so, you. Okay. So it wasn't just the, uh, yeah, so, the round robin. Okay. Yeah. You have to go undefeated and then you get a plan. So just to clarify that, um, yeah, but I mean, I, obviously, as a coach, you're always kind of seeing all the teams you're going to play. You, you kind of, kind of look ahead in the sense of you kind of get a little bit of film on them, take a peek, make some notes. Um, I'll tell you what, Shorewood—they they haven't won a game, but they're actually a pretty solid team. Um, they've been really competitive. They have some good players. Their coach is doing a great job. Um, and yeah, they almost beat Everett last game, so they're going to be ready to go when we play them. That's going to be a tough game. Everett is really improved. They got good size. They have one of the best backs in Westco, number six, Juju Williams. Um, and their sophomore running back's a stud. Um, Joey Hudson, their tackle, great player. And their quarterback's athletic as well. So that's going to be a tough game. You know, it's going to be the battle for Broadway. Um, it should be a fun, super competitive game as well. And so, yeah, and then going down the stretch, we're going to have some tough games. We're excited, though, with the schedule that we have. They should all be hopefully super competitive and maybe come down to, you know, the final quarter in each one of them. That's what you want. Oh, and that was kind of the intent with the, when they put together the Polk Division. So it sounds like... Things are going well in that regard. Yep. Well, Coach, I guess my – Absolutely. I mean, yeah. yep. My final yeah, question – I was going to say, yeah, we love the schedule. We love the schedule. Um, it's been it's been super fun playing these competitive games. And, uh, you know, I know it's definitely something I want to keep keep going on no so matter how it shakes out in the years to come. Is so. that the plan for next year, or is that not decided yet? That's not decided yet. There's a lot of conversations. But I've been pushing for a tiered system. Um, we'll see if it happens or not, but we're really happy with what we got going on right now. I'll just leave it at that. Stay tuned for that. Yeah, well, my final question for you, I know when we interviewed you back in January, I think your uh, your, your daughter had just been born, uh, child number two. <laughs> how, how is the sleep going in the house? Are the C family, are they getting a lot of sleep these days? Or Yeah, the C family actually is, believe it or not. Our, our daughter, Naomi, uh, she's been awesome. Just been a great sleeper. My son, Luther, has been sleeping good, too, so... Obviously, it's a grind in the football season. I have two kids under the age of three. But for the most part, we're getting sleep. You know, my wife's just being a trooper uh, during football season. She's just been absolutely amazing with the support. And uh, the family's going good. Obviously, being a head coach and teaching with two little kids, it's kind of crazy sometimes, but just super blessed and thankful. 
uh, for the position I have as a coach and teacher and having kids as well. So it's been great. School's back in session. You're seven and three in the calendar year. It's, it's good to be part of the C family. Absolutely. And, and thanks for having me, guys. And uh, go Bruins. Jordan, thanks for your time tonight, and best of luck again. Cascade traveling up to Stanwood this Friday night, 7 p.m. start time. The Bruins versus the Spartans. It's uh, the wing tee versus the wing tee. Coach, have a great night. Thank you. You guys, too. There you go. Jordan C., the uh, head coach of the Cascade Bruins. And that's it for another week of Prep Sports Weekly. Today's show brought to you by McLean Insurance in Silver Lake, the Buzz Inn Steakhouse, Hat Trick Northwest, Law Office of Russell and Hill, Mike Dixon, Farmers Insurance, Screen Printing Northwest, by Hometown Handyman, Erickson Furniture, the Somish County PUD, Glass by Lund, Ace Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett, and Stanwood, GSR Rental in Monroe, Dale Wagner Law Office, and the All-State Insurance Agent, Brian Reed. Who did we have on the show tonight? On the show tonight, we had the Marysville Pilchuck starting offensive line, Josiah Frank, Blake Jones, Diego Lucero, Nate Elwood, Caleb Potts. We also had the starting running back, Dylan Carson, who is the Russell and Hill Student Athlete of the Month for September for the male student athlete. We'll announce the female next week. And, oh, by the way, that's the Marysville Pilchuck team that Jordan C. just told us is going to win the state championship. That's right. We also had Shirley Matthews Malloy and Archie Malloy from Mount Lake Terrace High School. We had Keontae Bankhead from Linwood High School and Jordan C. from Cascade. And again, we're back with you on Friday night, high school football here on KRK, the Glacier Beat Grizzlies and the Kamiak Knights. 6.30, the pregame show, 7 o'clock, the kickoff, live from Frank Goddard Stadium in South Everett. The Silvertips home opener is on Friday night as well. That game will be on Classic Country KXA 1520 and FM 101. For Steve Willits, I'm Tom Lafferty. Good night from Everett. KRKO Everett, K237GN, AM 1380, and FM 95.3. Your music. James Taylor, Chicago. Beatles. Huey Lewis. Now, more of Everett's greatest hits. KRKO. What's the matter with the clothes I'm wearing? Can't you tell that your tie's too wide? Maybe I should buy some old tab collars. Welcome back to the age of jive. Where have you been hiding out lately, honey? You can't dress trashy till you spend a lot of money. Everybody's talking about the new sound. Funny, but it's still rock and roll to me. What's the matter with the car I'm driving? Can't you tell that it's out of style? Should I get a set of white wall tires? Are you gonna cruise the Miracle Mile? Nowadays you can't be too sentimental. Your best bet's a true baby blue continental. Hot punk, cool punk, even if it's old junk, it's still rock and roll to me.
talking about the new sound. Funny, but it's too rock and roll to me. Billy Joel, it's still rock and roll to me. K-R-K-O!